part two chapter two of a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century by agnes mary clark chapter two solar observations and theories part two by its rotation the sun itself offers opportunities for bringing the stereoscope to bear upon it two pictures taken at an interval of twenty-six minutes show just the amount of difference needed to give by their combination the maximum effect of solidity de la rue thus obtained in eighteen sixty one a stereoscopic view of a sun-spot and surrounding faculae representing the various parts in their true mutual relations i have ascertained in this way he wrote that the faculae occupy the highest portions of the sun's photosphere the spots appearing like holes in the penumbrae which appeared lower than the regions surrounding them in one case parts of the faculae were discovered to be sailing over a spot apparently at some considerable height above it thus wilson's inference as to the depressed nature of spots received after the lapse of not far from a century proof of the most simple direct and convincing kind a careful application of wilson's own geometrical test gave results only a trifle less decisive of six hundred and ninety-four spots observed seventy-eight per cent showed as they traversed the disc the expected effects of perspective and their absence in the remaining twenty-two per cent might be explained by internal commotions producing irregularities of structure the absolute depth of spot cavities at least of their sloping sides was determined by father secchi through measurement of the parallax of profundity that is of apparent displacements attendant on the sun's rotation due to depression below the sun's surface he found that in every case it fell short of four thousand miles and averaged not more than one thousand three hundred and twenty one corresponding on the terrestrial scale to an excavation in the earth's crust of one and one-fifth miles of late however the reality of even this moderate amount of depression has been denied mr hallett's persevering observations extending over a third of a century the results of which were presented to the royal astronomical society in december eighteen ninety four availed to shatter the consensus of opinion which had so long been maintained on the subject of spot structure it has become impossible any longer to hold that it is uniformly cavernous and what seem like actually protruding umbrae are occasionally vouched for on unimpeachable authority we can only infer that the forms of sun-spots are really more various than had been supposed that they are peculiarly subject to disturbance and that the level of the nuclei may rise and fall during the phases of commotion like lavas within volcanic craters 
the opinion of the q observers as to the nature of such disturbances was strongly swayed by another curious result of the statistical method of inquiry they found that of one thousand one hundred and thirty seven instances of spots accompanied by faculi five hundred and eighty four had those faculi chiefly or entirely on the left five hundred and eight showed a nearly equal distribution while forty five only had fasculous appendages mainly on the right side now the rotation of the sun as we see it is performed from left to right so that the marked tendency of the fasciuli was a lagging one this was easily accounted for by supposing the matter composing them to have been flung upwards from a considerable depth whence it would reach the surface with the lesser absolute velocity belonging to a smaller circle of revolution and would consequently fall behind the cavities or spots formed by its abstraction an attempt it is true made by m wilsing at potsdam in eighteen eighty eight to determine the solar rotation from photographs of faculi had an outcome inconsistent with this view of their origin they unexpectedly gave a uniform period no trace of the retardation poleward from the equator shown by the spots could be detected in their movements but the experiment was obviously inconclusive and m stratonoff's repetition of it with ampler materials gave a full assurance that faculi rotate like spots in periods lengthening as latitude augments the ideas of m fay were on two fundamental points contradicted by the q investigators he held spots to be regions of uprush and of heightened temperature they believed their obscurity to be due to a downrush of comparatively cool vapours now m chacornac observing at villa urban march sixth eighteen sixty five saw floods of photospheric matter visibly precipitating themselves into the abyss opened by a great spot and carrying with them small neighboring masculi similar instances were repeatedly noted by father secchi who considered the existence of a kind of suction in spots to be quite beyond question the tendency in their vicinity to put it otherwise is centripetal not centrifugal and this alone seems to negative the supposition of a central uprush a fresh witness was by this time at hand the application of the spectroscope to the direct examination of the sun's surface dates from march fourth eighteen sixty six when sir norman lockyer to give him his present title undertook an inquiry into the cause of the darkening in spots it was made possible by the simple device of throwing upon the slit of the spectroscope an image of the sun any part of which could be subjected to special scrutiny instead of as had hitherto been done admitting rays from every portion of its surface indiscriminately the answer to the inquiry was prompt and unmistakable and was again in this case adverse to the french theorists view the obscurations in question were found to be produced by no deficiency of emissive power but by an increase of absorptive action the background of variegated light remains unchanged but more of it is stopped by the interposition of a dense mass of relatively cool vapours 
the spectrum of a sun-spot is crossed by the same set of multitudinous dark lines with some minor differences visible in the ordinary solar spectrum we must then conclude that the same vapours speaking generally which are dispersed over the unbroken solar surface are accumulated in the umbral cavity the compression incident to such accumulation being betrayed by the thickening of certain lines of absorption but there is also a general absorption extending almost continuously from one end of the spot spectrum to the other using however a spectroscope of exceptionally high dispersive power professor young of princeton new jersey succeeded in eighteen eighty three in resolving the supposed continuous obscurity of spot spectra into a countless multitude of fine dark lines set very close together their structure was seen still more perfectly about five years later by m dunay director of the upsala observatory who traced besides some shadowy vestiges of the crowded doublets and triplets forming the array from the spots on to the general solar surface they ceased to be separable in the blue part of the spectrum and the ultraviolet radiations of spots show nothing distinctive as to the movements of the constipated vapours forming spots the spectroscope is also competent to supply information the principle of the method by which it is procured will be explained farther on suffice it here to say that the transport at any considerable velocity to or from the eye of the gaseous material giving bright or dark lines can be measured by the displacement of such lines from their previously known normal positions in this way movements have been detected in or above spots of enormous rapidity ranging up to three hundred and twenty miles per second but the result so far has been to negative the ascription to them of any systematic direction uprushes and downrushes are doubtless as father corti remarks correlated phenomena in the production of a sun-spot but neither seem to predominate as part of its regular internal economy the same kind of spectroscopic evidence tells heavily against a theory of sun-spots started by fay in eighteen seventy two he had been foremost in pointing out that the observations of carrington and spurrer absolutely forbade the supposition that any phenomenon at all resembling our trade winds exists in the sun they showed indeed that beyond the parallels of twenty degrees there is a general tendency in spots to a slow poleward displacement while within that zone they inclined to approach the equator but their proper movements gave no evidence of uniformly flowing currents in latitude the systematic drift of the photosphere is strictly a drift in longitude its direction is everywhere parallel to the equator this fact being once clearly recognized the solar tornado hypothesis at once fell to pieces but m fay perceived another source of vorticose motion in the unequal rotating velocities of contiguous portions of the photosphere 
the pores with which the whole surface of the sun is studded he took to be the smaller eddies resulting from these inequalities the spots to be such eddies developed into whirlpools it only needs to thrust a stick into a stream to produce the kind of effect designated and it happens that the differences of angular movement adverted to attain a maximum just about the latitudes where spots are most frequent and conspicuous there are however grave difficulties in identifying the two kinds of phenomena one already mentioned is the total absence of the regular swirling motion in a direction contrary to that of the hands of a watch north of the solar equator in the opposite sense south of it which should impress itself upon every lineament of a sun-spot if the cause assigned were a primary producing and not merely as it possibly may be a secondary determining one the other pointed out by young is that the cause is inadequate to the effect the difference of movement or relative drift supposed to occasion such prodigious disturbances amounts at the utmost for two portions of the photosphere one hundred and twenty three miles apart to about five yards a minute thus the friction of contiguous sections must be quite insignificant a view better justified by observation was urged by secchi in and after the year eighteen seventy two and was presented in an improved form by professor young in his excellent little book on the sun published in eighteen eighty two spots are manifestly associated with violent eruptive action giving rise to the faculae and prominences which usually garnish their borders it is accordingly contended that upon the withdrawal of matter from below by the flinging up of a prominence must ensue a sinking in of the surface into which the partially cooled erupted vapours rush and settle producing just the kind of darkening by increased absorption told of by the spectroscope round the edges of the cavity the rupture of the photospheric shell will form lines of weakness provocative of further eruptions which will in their turn deepen and enlarge the cavity the phenomenon thus tends to perpetuate itself until equilibrium is at last restored by internal processes a sun-spot might then be described as an inverted terrestrial volcano in which the outburst of heated matter take place on the borders instead of at the centre of the crater while the cooled products gather in the centre instead of at the borders but on the earth the solid crust forcibly represses the steam gathering beneath until it has accumulated strength for an explosion while there is no such restraining power that we know of in the sun Zöllner, indeed adapted his theory of the solar constitution to the special purpose of procuring it yet with very partial success since almost every new fact has proved adverse to his assumptions volcanic action is essentially spasmodic it implies habitual constraint varied by temporary outbreaks inconceivable in a gaseous globe such as we believe the sun to be 
if the volcanic hypothesis represented the truth no spot could possibly appear without a precedent eruption the real order of the phenomenon however is exceedingly difficult to ascertain nor is it perhaps invariable although in most cases the opening shows first that may be simply because it is more easily seen according to father sidgreaves the disturbance has then already passed the incipient stage he considers it indeed highly probable that the preparatory sign of a new spot is always a small bright patch of fasula this sequence if established would be fatal to lockyer's theory of sun-spots communicated to the royal society may sixth eighteen eighty six and further developed some months later in his work on the chemistry of the sun spots are represented in it as incidental to a vast system of solar atmospheric circulation starting with the polar out and up flows indicated by observations during some total eclipses and eventuating in the plunge downward from great heights upon the photosphere of prodigious masses of condensed materials from these falls result primarily spots secondarily through the answering uprushes in which chemical and mechanical forces cooperate their girdles of flame prominences the evidence is however slight that such a circulatory flow as would be needed to maintain this supposed cycle of occurrences really prevails in the sun's atmosphere and a similar objection applies to an anticyclonic theory so to designate it elaborated by egon von appalzer in eighteen ninety three august schmidt's optical rationale of solar phenomena was on the other hand a complete novelty both in principle and development attractive to speculators from its recondite nature and far-reaching scope it by no means commended itself to practical observers intolerant of finding the all but palpable realities of their daily experience dealt with as illusory products of circular refraction a singular circumstance has now to be recounted on the first of september eighteen fifty nine while carrington was engaged in his daily work of measuring the positions of sun-spots he was startled by the sudden appearance of two patches of peculiarly intense light within the area of the largest group visible his first idea was that a ray of unmitigated sunshine had penetrated the screen employed to reduce the brilliancy of the image but having quickly convinced himself to the contrary he ran to summon an additional witness of an unmistakably remarkable occurrence on his return he was disappointed to find the strange luminous outburst already on the wane shortly afterwards the last trace vanished its entire duration was five minutes from eleven point one eight to eleven point two three a m greenwich time and during those five minutes it had traversed a space estimated at thirty five thousand miles no perceptible change took place in the details of the group of spots visited by this transitory conflagration which it was accordingly inferred took place at a considerable height above it carrington's account was precisely confirmed by an observation made at highgate 
mr r hodgson described the appearance seen by him as that of a very brilliant star of light much brighter than the sun's surface most dazzling to the protected eye illuminating the upper edges of the adjacent spots and streaks not unlike in effect the edging of the clouds at sunset this unique phenomenon seemed as if specially designed to accentuate the inference of a sympathetic relation between the earth and the sun from the twenty eighth of august to the fourth of september eighteen fifty nine a magnetic storm of unparalleled intensity extent and duration was in progress over the entire globe telegraphic communication was everywhere interrupted except indeed that it was in some cases found practicable to work the lines without batteries by the agency of the earth currents alone sparks issued from the wires gorgeous aurorae draped the skies in solemn crimson over both hemispheres and even within the tropics the magnetic needle lost all trace of continuity in its movements and darted to and fro as if stricken with inexplicable panic the coincidence was drawn even closer at the very instant of the solar outburst witnessed by carrington and hodgson the photographic apparatus at kew registered a marked disturbance of all the three magnetic elements while shortly after the ensuing midnight the electric agitation culminated thrilling the earth with subtle vibrations and lighting up the atmosphere from pole to pole with the coruscating splendors which perhaps dimly recall the times when our ancient planet itself shone as a star here then at least the sun was in professor balfour stewart's phrase taken in the act of stirring up terrestrial commotions nor have instances since been wanting of an indubitable connection between outbreaks of individual spots and magnetic disturbances four such were registered in eighteen eighty two and symptoms of the same kind including the beautiful rose aurora marked the progress across the sun of the enormous spot group of february eighteen ninety two the largest ever recorded at greenwich this extraordinary formation which covered about one three hundredth of the sun's disk survived through five complete rotations it was remarkable for a persistent drift in latitude its place altering progressively from seventeen degrees to thirty degrees south of the solar equator again the central passage of an enormous spot on september ninth eighteen ninety eight synchronized with a sharp magnetic disturbance and brilliant aurora and the coincidence was substantially repeated in march eighteen ninety nine when it was emphasized by the prevalent cosmic calm the theory of the connection is indeed far from clear lord kelvin in eighteen ninety two pronounced against the possibility of any direct magnetic action by the sun upon the earth on the ground of its involving an extravagant output of energy but the fact is unquestionable that in professor bigelow's words abnormal agitations affect the sun and the earth as a whole and at the same time the nearer approach to the event of september one eighteen fifty nine was photographically observed by professor george e hale at chicago july fifteen eighteen ninety two an active spot in the southern hemisphere was the scene of this curiously sudden manifestation 
during an interval of twelve minutes between two successive exposures a bridge of dazzling light was found to have spanned the boundary line dividing the twin nuclei of the spot and these after another twenty-seven minutes were themselves almost obliterated by an overflow of far-spreading brilliancy yet two hours later no trace of the outburst remained the spot and its attendant faculae remaining just as they had been previously to its occurrence unlike that seen by carrington it was accompanied by no exceptional magnetic phenomena although a storm set in next day possibly a terrestrial analogue to the former might be discovered in the auroral beam which traversed the heavens during a vivid display of polar lights november seventeenth eighteen eighty two and shared there is every reason to believe their electrical origin and character meantime m rudolph wolf transferred to the direction of the zurich observatory where he died december sixth eighteen ninety three had relaxed none of his zeal in the investigation of sun-spot periodicity a laborious revision of the entire subject with the aid of fresh materials led him in eighteen fifty nine to the conclusion that while the mean period differed little from that arrived at in eighteen fifty two of eleven point eleven years very considerable fluctuations on either side of that mean were rather the rule than the exception indeed the phrase sun-spot period must be understood as fitting very loosely the great fact it is taken to represent so loosely that the interval between two maxima may rise to sixteen and a half or sink below seven and a half years in eighteen sixty one wolf showed and the remark was fully confirmed at kew that the shortest periods brought the most acute crises and vice versa as if for each wave of disturbance a strictly equal amount of energy were available which might spend itself lavishly and rapidly or slowly and parsimoniously but could in no case be exceeded the further inclusion of recurring solar commotions within a cycle of fifty-five and a half years was simultaneously pointed out and hermann fritz showed soon afterwards that the aurora borealis is subject to an identical double periodicity the same inquirer has more recently detected both for aurorae and sun-spots a secular period of two hundred and twenty-two years and the q observations indicate for the latter oscillations accomplished within twenty-six and twenty-four days depending most likely upon the rotation of the sun this is certainly reflected in magnetic and perhaps in auroral periodicity the more closely in fact spot fluctuations are looked into the more complex they prove maxima of one order are superposed upon or in part neutralized by maxima of another order originating causes are masked by modifying causes the larger waves of the commotion are indented with minor undulations and these again crisped with tiny ripples while the whole rises and falls with the swell of the great secular wave scarcely perceptible in its progress because so vast in scale 
the idea that solar maculation depends in some way upon the position of the planets occurred to galileo in sixteen twelve it has been industriously sifted by a whole bevy of modern solar physicists wolf in eighteen fifty nine found reason to believe that the eleven-year curve is determined by the action of jupiter modified by that of saturn and diversified by influences proceeding from the earth and venus its tempting approach to agreement with jupiter's period of revolution round the sun indeed irresistibly suggested a causal connection yet it does not seem that the most skilful coaxing of figures can bring about a fundamental harmony carrington pointed out in eighteen sixty three that while during eight successive periods from seventeen seventy downwards there were approximate coincidences between jupiter's aphelian passages and sun-spot maxima the relation had been almost exactly reversed in the two periods preceding that date and wolf himself finally concluded that the jovian origin must be abandoned m du ponchel's prediction nevertheless of an abnormal retardation of the maximum due in eighteen eighty one through certain peculiarities in the positions of uranus and neptune about the time it fell due was partially verified by the event since after an abortive phase of agitation in april eighteen eighty two the final outburst was postponed to january eighteen ninety four the interval was thus thirteen point five instead of eleven point one years and it is noticeable that the delay affected chiefly the southern hemisphere alternations of activity in the solar hemispheres were indeed a marked feature of the maximum of eighteen eighty four which in mr fay's view derived thence its indecisive character while sharp strong crises arise with the simultaneous advance of agitation north and south of the solar equator the curve of magnetic disturbance followed with its usual strict fidelity the anomalous fluctuations of the sun-spot curve the ensuing minimum occurred early in eighteen eighty nine and was succeeded in eighteen ninety four by a maximum slightly less feeble than its predecessor it cannot be said that much progress has been made towards the disclosure of the cause or causes of the sun-spot cycle no external influence adequate to the effect has at any rate yet been pointed out most thinkers on this difficult subject provide a quasi explanation of the periodicity in question through certain assumed vicissitudes affecting internal processes sir norman lockyer and e von appalzer reached the same end by establishing self-compensatory fluctuations in the solar atmospheric circulation dr schuster resorts to changes in the electrical conductivity of space near the sun in all these theories however the course of transition is arbitrarily arranged to suit a period which imposes itself as a fact peremptorily claiming admittance while obstinately defying explanation the question so much discussed as to the influence of sun-spots on weather does not admit of a satisfactory answer 
the facts of meteorology are too complex for easy or certain classification effects owning dependence on one cause often wear the livery of another the meaning of observed particulars may be inverted by situation and yet it is only by the collection and collocation of particulars that we can hope to reach any general law there is however a good deal of evidence to support the opinion the grounds for which were primarily derived from the labours of dr meldrum at mauritius that increased rainfall and atmospheric agitation attend spot maxima while herschel's conjecture of a more copious emission of light and heat about the same epochs has recently obtained some countenance from Sibelief's measures showing a gain in the strength of the sun's radiation paris passu with increase in the number of spots visible on its surface the examination of what we may call the texture of the sun's surface derived new interest from a remarkable announcement made by mr james nasmith in eighteen sixty two he had made as he supposed the discovery that the entire luminous stratum of the sun is composed of a multitude of elongated shining objects on a darker background shaped much like willow leaves of vast size crossing each other in all possible directions and possessed of unceasing relative motions a lively controversy ensued in england and abroad the most powerful telescopes were directed to a scrutiny encompassed with varied difficulties mr dawes was especially emphatic in declaring that nasmith's willow leaves were nothing more than the nodules of sir william herschel seen under a misleading aspect of uniformity and there is little doubt that he was right it is nevertheless admitted that something of the kind may be seen in the penumbrae and bridges of spots presenting an appearance compared by dawes himself in eighteen fifty two to that of a piece of coarse straw thatching left untrimmed at the edges the term granulated suggested by dawes in eighteen sixty four best describes the modelled aspect of the solar disk as shown by modern telescopes and cameras the grains or rather the flocules with which it is thickly strewn have been resolved by langley under exceptionally favourable conditions into granules not above a hundred miles in diameter and from these relatively minute elements composing jointly about one-fifth of the visible photosphere he estimates that three-quarters of the entire light of the sun are derived jansen agrees so far as to say that if the whole surface were as bright as its brightest parts its luminous emission would be ten to twenty times greater than it actually is the rapid changes in the forms of these solar cloud summits are beautifully shown in the marvellous photographs taken by jansen at muden with exposures reduced at times to one hundred thousandths of a second by their means also the curious phenomenon known as the réseau photosphérique has been made evident this consists in the diffusion over the entire disk of fleeting blurred patches separated by a reticulation of sharply outlined and regularly arranged granules the imperfect definition in the smudged areas may be due to agitations in the solar or terrestrial atmosphere unless it be as dr schemmer thinks possible merely a photographic effect 
monsieur jansen considers that the photospheric cloudlets change their shape and character with the progress of the sunspot period but this is as yet uncertain the grains or more brilliant parts of the photosphere are now generally held to represent the upper termination of ascending and condensing currents while the darker interstices herschel's pores mark the positions of descending cooler ones in the penumbrae of spots the glowing streams rushing up from the tremendous subsolar furnace are bent sideways by the powerful indraft so as to change their vertical for a nearly horizontal motion and are thus taken as it were in flank by the eye instead of being seen end on in mamelon form this gives a plausible explanation of the channel structure of penumbrae which suggested the comparison to a rude thatch accepting this theory as in the main correct we perceive that the very same circulatory process which in its spasms of activity gives rise to spots produces in its regular course the singular marbled appearance for the recording of which we are no longer at the mercy of the fugitive or delusive impressions of the human retina and precisely this circulatory process it is which gives to our great luminary its permanence as a sun or warming and illuminating body end of chapter two part two